Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and an episode from The Vaults. That's right, with nearly 500 episodes under our belt, I thought we could revisit some of the conversations from The Emma Gunn Show archive that really resonated with you, but that also cover topics that are central to this podcast, a hunger for knowledge, positivity, overcoming obstacles, and striving to be the best version of ourselves. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you may remember when this episode was first published. You may have even listened first time around, but I'm aware that new people find the show all the time. And with hundreds of episodes in the back catalogue, it can be quite the task to catch up. So, for this series, I'm bumping these conversations to the top of the feed. In this episode, I'm joined by Sam Chapman, and we originally sat down to have this conversation in July 2018. Sam might be one of the most influential makeup artists, along with her sister Nick. They had the YouTube channel uh, Pixie Woo. It's now Sam and Nick Chapman. But our conversation focuses less on beauty and more on mental health. I've known Sam for quite some time, and we've both, during that time, been through our own struggles and issues with mental health. And she has always been someone with whom it's possible to be really open and honest. I know that in the two and a half years since the show has been published, that it's meant a lot to listeners to hear someone so accomplished speak so frankly about the gradual slide into depression and the step she took to get herself out of it. In fact, it is one of the episodes that I've had the most feedback on and it's one that, from the messages I've received from listeners, has clearly been very positively impactful. So I wanted to put it back at the top of the feed and I hadn't originally planned to include this episode in this series, but uh, given everything that's happening right now, Uh, If you're listening to this when it's published, obviously uh, we are approaching Christmas. Um, The COVID restrictions have been tightened for a lot of people. That means Christmas looks very different from any Christmas they've had before or is definitely not the Christmas that they were expecting. And it comes at a time where people have been dealing with so much in 2020. It's been kind of, you know, one thing after another. And I think a lot of people were holding on to Christmas as the life raft and now Christmas has changed and is not not there in the way that maybe we were hoping or needing and it just felt like this was the right kind of conversation to put out in the world which is why I brought it back to the top of the feed. During our conversation Sam and I discuss knowing when your mental health is in jeopardy, what it can look and feel like when you're battling your demons, how the outside, how the outside world can't always see what's going on, um, how to know you need help and how to ask for help why sometimes in recovery you can't take everyone with you, the things that are helpful on the road to recovery and the things that are most definitely not, the value in connecting with yourself, how sometimes a mental health decline can be when you're disconnecting from yourself and how connecting with yourself can be a really crucial part of that journey, and the steep learning curve 
of a mental health recovery, but the many, many benefits of putting in that work. There's so much insight from Sam in this episode. She really was incredibly open, honest and vulnerable. And I hope if you're struggling or you hear your own experience and feelings in this conversation that you find it helpful. In addition to all the information about everything we've discussed, I'll also be adding resources to mental health charities and organisations, as well as online therapy services to the show notes that may be useful to you if you listen to this and feel as though you'd like support. But here she is, back on the show, in this Vault series. It's Sam Chapman on The Emma Gunn Show. Hello, Sam Chapman. Hello, Emma Gunns. <laughs> it's still a bit weird when people call me Emma Gunns. <laughs> Say your surname. Gunnar Wardner. Guns is fine. Exactly. But I'm obviously <laughs> hoping for the day when I have Axel Rose on the show and I can call it the Emma Guns and Roses episode. Oh, so good. I would listen to that. I would listen to it. I mean, I would listen to it, but I would want... I, I think he'd be fascinating to interview. Yeah. Do you know that on Twitter he only... Hang on, he follows no people. It's brilliant. He's got like something <laughs> like 4.5 million followers and he follows no one. I just was like, that's amazing. Like the pure ego involved in following no one. But then there are people who only follow one person. Yeah, like Kanye only follows Kim, doesn't he? Yeah. You're missing out, Kanye. Oh, Kanye. Well, I'm sure, do you reckon, honestly, do you reckon he like goes into trending and, ser- and searches for himself and sees like latest top stories? I'm sure he does. Must do. I'm sure. You have to. Yeah. Kanye would have to. <laughs> right. Um, we are going to unpick the topic of depression. Yes, we are. Brilliant. Yes, which is an important (laughs) topic to unpick because uh, you did a video back in February of this year where you talked about the fact that you've been diagnosed with depression. Yeah. And one of the first things you said in it actually was, I wasn't really going to mention it, but actually I think it is a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, Which I think is 100% correct. Mm. Were you nervous about the reaction to that video? Do you know what? I don't frequently think about what I'm going to say until after I've recorded it. (laughs) So... Um, no, I wasn't. I didn't even think about it. You know, if it was, if it was something, you know, like for example, when Nick did her MS video, we knew that was going to get a massive reaction. Mm -hmm. So that got run past people Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, she didn't say anything in it that might encourage people to do something unhealthy. You know what I mean? You have to be careful with these things. But when I dropped that into my video, I just wasn't really thinking about it. And because I'm not defined by depression, I suppose I didn't realise that it would be such a big thing to mm. put in a video. Yeah. It was just, when you do a makeup video, you kind of have to have, not a hook, but something to talk about mm. other than makeup. Otherwise, it's a bit dry. Yes. You know, and it was something that was going on in my, in my life at the time. And so I felt quite comfortable mm-hmm. to talk about it. It didn't feel like the end of the world to me, I actually felt super positive about it because I knew that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And at that point, someone had said, yeah, something is wrong, but we can work towards getting you in a better place to deal with it. So that was great. I think that's such a brilliant place to be in because depression Mm. does have a bit of a stigma, like admitting that you have depression. But for me, and it sounds like for you, the second somebody said to me, you have depression, I thought, well, I can Google that. There's something to work on now. And also, when you have depression, you, you know something isn't right with your life, but you, you, you think it's you. Mm. You know, like, 
I'm sure I used to be a fun person. But you're faking it constantly all yeah. the time. You're going every social situation, you're pretending to have fun and, you know, you're pretending to be involved in conversations and you're pretending that you're living your life, but you're actually mm. not. And it's exhausting. It's completely exhausting. I'm so um, hormonal at the moment. <laughs> I'm due on my period and I am forgetting questions the second you say the memo, okay? So I have no idea where we're going with this. Just repeat the question to me. <laughs> we can go wherever you like. Also, me too, to the point where I've just left a meeting where I went, oh, I pulled out my sunglasses case and went, oh, I left my sunglasses upstairs. You had them on your head, didn't no, you? No, worse. They were in the sunglasses case that I was holding. I was, and I just, I just sent them a text saying, I'm so sorry for being such a space cadet. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. what those hormones do to you. Which oh. brings you back round to depression, actually, as it yeah, goes. Yeah, it doesn't. It does in a weird way. Do you think you always had depression? I think I've been on a slippery slope towards depression, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked very openly about our childhood. And I think that, that, that when I went to the doctors and then I had to see a, a shrink and talk through it, she said, it's really not a surprise mm. that, that you do have this. Um, so yeah, potentially, but I think that it was worse last year because I couldn't function anymore. Mm. Whereas before I had all these like coping mechanisms that would get me through, they just weren't working. Yeah. And it was, you said in the video, it was a friend said, I'm worried about you. It was Dom. Booking an appointment. Dom Smales said that to me. Brilliant. Dom Smales, previous guest on the podcast. I know. And Dom Smales is such a hero of a man. He really is. We were actually away for, uh, New Year's. And he said, I'm going to book you. I'm going to book you an appointment when, when we get back. And he did. He booked me an appointment with his doctor. What did you think when he said to you? Did he say, I think you've got a bit of depression? I can't remember how he worded it. Mm. He um, obviously worded it in a way that didn't make you think, screw, go screw yourself, I'm fine. Well, you've met Dom. Yes, I mean, he's just, he's just <laughs> an amazing person. So, no. And he's one of the people that I listen to when he says something like that. He's yeah. known me for well, 10 years now, Mm. pretty much. So he would know, Mm. I think. And because that uh, journey to a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. you knew something was going on, but it was an external stimulus, stimuli, if you like, to Mm -hmm. actually get in the diagnosis. Did you have a period then of piecing everything back together and going, yep, this is exactly why? Was it a bit like a movie moment? Where you had that flashback and you were like, oh. What, after the diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it all made perfect sense afterwards. Because my behaviour had definitely been very up and down and quite Mm. erratic. Like, I look back on some of the things I did and they they weren't things that I would, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I'd put that on silent. Apologies, everyone. (laughs) I'm now going to check mine. Carry on, carry on. So, yeah, I... I was definitely free-falling towards that. Mm. So when someone said, when the doctor said, yeah, you've got depression, I was like, okay, it makes sense. And she also told me that anxiety and depression tend to go hand in hand. Mm. So I knew I had anxiety anyway. Yeah, It was just maybe a little bit more of a shock to find out that I actually had depression. Because if I'm honest, I didn't understand what depression was. Mm. I just thought it was a bit of a bit of a sadness, but it isn't that. Mm. It's that kind of like disconnection from everyone and everything and your own life. Mm. And almost like uh I wouldn't say I ever felt suicidal it's a I just didn't care mm. I stopped caring what happened to me you d- does yeah. that yeah, yeah, yeah I mean like I just didn't I don't know I just wasn't even thinking about the outcome of situations I didn't care was it a case of just doing the bare minimum 
just I'll just, just do this and then were you always thinking but I just want to get home like was it well no not really I mean because I've always been one of those people that deals with things by throwing myself into work mm-hmm. um so I just worked really hard but my personal life was in absolute crisis mm-hmm. work was fine I'll always be okay in work and actually there's a bit of a flip with that but we'll come on to that later mm-hmm. but you know work I'll always like channel and work really hard there but my my personal life was in absolute crisis so I split up with my boyfriend at the time and I had this this friend who you know about actually who um who was kind of uh, gaslighting me mm-hmm. and so I was I didn't know whether I was coming or going I was double a qu- double guessing questioning yeah. myself all the time and it kind of consumed my life in a really bad way I wasn't able to see past it and it's really internalized as well I think completely even if you try well I don't know about you and I don't want to make this about me but obviously I have no that's fine um I would try to express myself to friends or family and yeah. say this is how I'm feeling and it was like I was talking a different language so their interpretation of it or how they took it would be not the point I was trying to make and that made me feel like I was in sort of you know a glass container shouting and Everyone yeah. could see me but couldn't hear me. I didn't try and tell anyone mm. at all because I didn't know. My mum knew something was wrong. Mm. Nick knew something was wrong, but they couldn't pinpoint what it was. And it's impossible. You know, I'm the kind of person that if if outwardly you see little cracks, mm. inwardly it's like an earthquake mm-hmm. because I'm just really composed all the time. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't know. But my mum said, um, you know, when I told her that I had depression, she was like, I knew something. She was so great. She was so supportive because I, I really had kept it all a bit of a secret from her because mm. I didn't want her to worry. And because she'd just lost Brian, our stepdad, mm. I just, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't want to put more on her shoulders. Mm. And she said, yeah, I, I knew something was wrong because you'd come around and you just wouldn't want to talk and you just didn't seem yourself. And every situation I went into, I just wanted to get out of as quickly as possible. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I can totally relate to that and you said as well in the video a thing about if you'd had the op there was a point where if you'd had the option to stay in bed yeah you would have done yeah that, and that was before the diagnosis I'm guessing yeah definitely I there was a lot of times when I would have stayed in bed but I'm a single mum and I don't mm-hmm. have the opportunity to do that and you just go into kind of like well let's just let's just get on with it but I wasn't living mm. and I don't think my kids were getting a good experience from me at all well I was going to ask you that because I can't I mean I could barely look after myself yeah. when I was at the worst of it mm. and now today to be honest but I can't imagine what it must have been like having to well being self-employed and having two kids um it was really hard and I felt really guilty all the time but you always experience mum guilt mm-hmm. when you're working as well and when you're self-employed and, and when you're a single mum mm. I'm sure dads feel the same way um so it was really really hard but I just got on with it because there isn't an alternative for me yeah I have to um but sometimes the girls in this office so the girls at Gleam my management team they would be like um can you do a dinner on such and such can you do a meeting on such and such and I would just text back and go guys I'm gonna have a nervous breakdown if you put anything else in my diary Mm. because they control our diary, so I yep. would look at my phone and get a ping, and then there'd be like things going in my diary, and it was just more things that I had mm. to do, and I could feel myself slipping. 
mm. into a, into a place where I was just I can't process any of this, and I'm very worried that I might that I might be on the brink of something mm. here. Um, and so, yeah, I would say to Nick, I'm not coping. Nick, you've got to tell him. Mm. And Nick would just be my, you know, she'd be my relay. We've talked before, and I think she said on the show she did that you two being together and being a tag team is so valuable. It's brilliant. And actually, these things I find much more difficult to do without Nick mm. because we we fill in the gaps. You know, yeah. if I forget what I'm saying, she'll just buffer. <laughs> she'll just because Nick can talk for England. She'll just buffer, 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 and I'll be and I'll be sitting there going, "What was it? What was it? I'm <laughs> sure I had a valid point." But um, you always have a valid point. Yeah, but uh, we do work really well together. And it was very hard with my depression because I honestly wanted to kill her most days. I, I found it very hard to be in the same room as Nick. I don't know why. She was almost like a trigger for me. And mm. she felt, I mean, that was the worst our relationship has ever been because it was so frustrating for her, I imagine, having to kind of cover for me, but also just me being a total bastard all the time. Were you just very um, jumpy and reactionary? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I would either be silent, completely silent, mm. Or um, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. And I, I could see friends, it. Yeah. I could see it, but I couldn't control it. Mm. It was like being premenstrual all the time. Mm. Was it part of? Was part of it about not being able to articulate it? Um, and maybe it was. Mm. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what it was, or maybe it was just frustration that that Nick was in a better place than I was. Mm. You know, mentally. Um, that's a horrible thing to admit, but maybe it was. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes when you're so sad like that, mm. you look at other people, and we do it all the time on social media, you look at other people's lives and you're like, oh, well, that looks good. I'm sort of sick of hearing how great everything is yeah. when it's so, so not that way Yeah, for me. And, and, and this is a thing that I frequently hear on social media. How can you be depressed? You have so much. Mm. But that doesn't work like that. Depression doesn't work like that indiscriminate absolutely I mean you can you can say to me I have two amazing kids you can say to me you know you have a great house that you own brilliant but it doesn't stop me feeling the way that I feel mm. and in fact um in a way uh, being financially successful isolates you mm. a lot from um look this isn't a poor me situation I mean I'm very lucky to be in that situation you have worked hard for it though of course I've worked really hard for it and and I don't feel guilty mm. but um but what I'm saying is those things don't make you happy mm. they just don't and you learn that and I learned that because in that time when I was depressed I just bought everything to make myself happy and it didn't make me happy mm. you know you 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 can't drive two cars no. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's papering over the cracks, isn't it? Absolutely. And I did everything I could to paper over the over the cracks. Mm. Do you think that there like you've talked about uh, being in therapy, do you feel like there was there were some bits of you that needed either fixing for want of a better word or just like holes that needed filling? Um I think that I mean my my therapist says I was running on an old operating system. So everything that I learnt all my coping mechanisms you put in place between the ages of 8 and 15. Mm. And in that time, I was living in an abusive family. So everything I learnt between 8 and 15 is how to cope in situations. And all of that was done in, awful, mm. in an awful situation. Mm. And so they just, they're just not healthy mechanisms. 
it's basically fight or flight all the time. time. And you cannot function like that because Mm -hmm. at some point your body just doesn't want to play. And that's probably where those health conditions came from, I dare say. And you've talked about as well, you talked in that video about being an overthinker. And I think... I overthink that that's definitely one of my issues. Yeah. And I will come up with a billion scenarios of what could happen tonight at the dinner we're going mm-hmm. to. Or the, and the majority of them, I'll project something where I won't come out of it very well. Yeah. And then it will build my anxiety because I'll mm-hmm. think I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Were you doing that kind of thing too? In that period of time, I was doing that a lot. Mm. But I was also, I mean, in the last year before I found out I had depression, mm. I was overthinking everything. And it was horrific. But I was also um, sort of slightly in a relationship with someone that was gaslighting me. So... Um, it's never going to be good. It wasn't good. It really wasn't good. And I couldn't... I, I didn't want to believe that that was the case, even though I think mm. everybody else knew that that was the case. Um, and so... Yeah, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> um, it's just going to happen all no, the time. Sorry, my brain is... It's absolutely... It's sorry, babe. Absolutely fine. I'm in exactly the same mental space today, which I think makes this really good. Um, so, yes, upbringing... Oh, bottling emotions as well. Oh, God, yeah, I do that. I've always done that. Mm. I can remember my mum coming into my room, and this was probably about... It must have been like doing an exam or something like that, and she came and sat on my bed... And she's like, you've been so quiet recently. And then I just burst into tears, absolutely burst into floods of tears. And I can remember bottling things up to a point where mm. then I would just explode. And that's just, that's the way that I've been. But, but seeing a therapist mm. has helped me understand how that's very unhealthy and how yeah. I can um, work towards being better. Also, it's helped me a lot with my relationships I can see that a lot of... Because I I think I tend to have these relationships where they almost follow the same pattern. Mm. I pick the same kind of guy and then I moan about it <laughs> in like a year's time that they're the same kind of guy. Mm. Um, and it's helped me to see the mistakes before I make the mistakes. Breaking the cycle. Oh, it's brilliant. And so now I can see it and I can go, that guy is really hot, <laughs> but that's not a good situation for me to be in. Because in a year's time, I'm not going to find that hot. Mm. Breaking the cycle. And that, it's like you say about operating system. It's so funny you use that analogy because I talk about um, the fact that one of the episodes that led to the beginning of my depression was basically just going, I would would always say, I've bottled all my emotions. I was very repressed. I find it very difficult to say what I actually think. So it comes across that I'm whinging. Because I want someone else to validate what I'm thinking Mm. or I just keep quiet and bottle it all up. And it was something happened and it was like the one remaining cell in my body that had like the true spirit of Emma Gardens went, nah, fuck this. Yeah. I'm speaking up. Yeah. She's a cockney. And um, she just, she was just like. (laughs) Is this like the GC? (laughs) (laughs) Did you read that interview? (laughs) It's amazing. Did, did, I want you to say, did you watch my video? How can you interview me if you didn't watch my video? (laughs) Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it is the um, uh, first class in how not to do PR slash celebrity interview. You know that she actually went onto Twitter yesterday evening and went, thanks everyone. Thank you so much everyone for making me trend. Oh, I love the GC. I do love her, but I just... I love her in that kind of way. Yeah. In a kind of like... Don't really want to look. Peering through my fingers in (laughs) agony type way. Yeah. 
I've been in those interviews before as well, and it's just painful. Yeah, good on good on the magazine for um, absolutely printing it. So yes, um, sorry, I had my one my one cell who went nah, fuck this yeah. shit. You're getting the fuck out of here. And then it was mm. as if in that moment my entire operating system had rebooted, and then pretty much everything in my life I was no longer compatible with. I was now Apple; they were all PC. It's amazing once you start to see those things how you see so many more of them, mm. and. Uh, actually, I was just talking to one of my friends about therapy and I said, I know a lot of people think it's mumbo jumbo or whatever, but I just think it's absolutely brilliant. I can honestly say that sertraline, which is an antidepressant, and my therapist, mm-hmm. Alexis, have changed my life. Yeah. Absolutely, completely changed my life. I can walk down the street now and smile and honestly feel happy. You know, I can take, oh, this sounds so cheesy, but I can look at things and see the beauty in them, which I wasn't able mm. to before. Um yeah, I, I, they've, they've changed my life, those two things. When you were offered, because I don't know what the conversation, how the conversation mm. went, whether it was like you need to take these or whether yeah. would you like to. Yeah. But how quickly was it before? Did you feel a weight lift? Did you feel, was it a physical thing as well as a mental thing? I think thing? I didn't really want to take them. But she said, the doctor said to me, um, she said, I promise you, if you take these, you will feel better within a year. And I said, all right, fair play. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> so that was that. And I felt better within three days. So I feel like Sertraline and I are quite matched. Mm. But obviously, like anything, I know that the longer you stay on them, the more you, more your emotions flatten out. So I would like to get off them in the next sort of six months. Really. You know, there's a trend talking about flatlining. There is a trend for... Um, I read about it on the internet of all places, right. can you imagine, for people who aren't particularly happy in their lives to do something called flatlining where they deliberately don't have any reactions to things so that they can never... So that as much as they don't get excited, they never get low. Wow. So it's a self-imposed flatlining of mood and emotion. That's horrible. It, I, when I read about it, I thought I would... Ha- if I know anyone who's doing that, I want to find them immediately. That's, that would be horrible because that is how I felt when I was depressed. Mm. That's like putting yourself into depression. You just feel nothing all the time. And you also met, you also said something which I thought was spot on. The first time I watched the video, it was the day that you... Mm-hmm. It was when it went out. I watched it the second it went You're live. a committed follower. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stalker. Um, and then I watched the live you did afterwards, and you talked yeah. about it takes the joy out of everything. It I does. watched it because I really wanted to hear what you had to say about mm. it, because I have been through something and I thought I really want to know what Sam's take is on it and interestingly and what I hope is a value to the listener is um everyone's experience of depression is slightly different Mm. but there are some similar pillars definitely and for me as well yeah the joy taking the joy out of everything was one of them it's like a great big fun sponge (laughs) it really is it just sits there coming to real technique (laughs) (laughs) fun sponge um yeah it's it's really, oh, yeah, it's just so depressing. <laughs> it's the only way to put it. Do you think it's a good thing that it happened and you got diagnosed? Yeah, totally. In terms of talking about the software updates and talking about breaking cycles, do you think you're now going to live a better life? Do you know what? I've been single for a year, and this has honestly been, and certainly in the last four months, I would say, the first time I've been happy to be single. The first time I've sat there and gone, do you know what? I'm all right. And until something amazing comes along, Mm. I'm just going to be cool here. Mm. And that's a lovely position to be in. And it's not because I'm defined by relationships or anything, but it's just that I know that I have issues 
with men Mm -hmm. because of my dad and I've gone from a relationship to relationship to relationship being the controlling force in those relationships because I wasn't the controlling force in my childhood Mm -hmm. and therefore I've picked these guys that I can um destroy is the wrong kind of word (laughs) but you know like that I can um be in a position of power Mm -hmm. with and that's very unhealthy. Mm. It's not good for them. It's not good for me. And so until I feel like I'm in a better place, mm. then being single is a great position to be in. So that is one of the ways that I feel really good about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think without, without knowing that I had depression, I would just still be going on thinking, this is me. Mm. And it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, it's so nice to be to to get that kind of validation that mm. I'm not I'm not this unfun person. There yeah. is another, you know, because for, for ages that was just my life, just faking it all the time. There it it is really comforting to know there's something else going on here and Absolutely. actually you don't have control over it. So nope. don't beat yourself up about being a dick. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to your mates. Yeah. Um you also did something. You started um running. Yeah, And you started signing up for things, thinking if I sign up for that, then people who do that sort of stuff, I'm guessing, I'm putting words into your mouth, but um, people who do that sort of thing are happier. I did a lot of stupid things (laughs) in that time. Loads of stupid things that I thought would make me happy Mm -hmm. because other people looked happy. And also because I felt like I needed to be this person for someone else and not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, actually, it was a good thing to sign up for for the marathon, as it turned out, because it turned out very well. But and because I learned a lesson from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I signed up for the marathon. What was the lesson that you learned from it? One, you should tra- train for a marathon. It's a really <laughs> bad idea, right? It's a really bad idea to do a half marathon, not, not even a full marathon. It's yeah. a very bad idea to try and run 13 miles mm-hmm. without training and without warming up. Ooh, okay, dear. so, oh so um, that's the number one lesson. The, uh, the second lesson I learned was actually I really quite enjoyed it. Mm. And um, it was great raising money for charity. So I certainly don't regret it. Mm. Um, And it started me on a path of just realising that I'd always tried to run for the wrong reasons. So I always wanted to be a runner, desperately. But once my boobs were too big, you know, and I felt embarrassed, and I'd, I'd buy all the gear, I'd put my headphones, like my wireless headphones in, and then I'd go out running, and then I couldn't get it, get the headphones to sync up to my Apple Watch or the battery would run out and it would just ruin my whole running experience. Mm-hmm. But I was running for the wrong reasons. And now I just run for me. And I don't always run, sometimes I walk. And mm-hmm. if I get a little bit knackered, I walk. And then I run a little bit and I walk a little bit and sometimes I just walk completely, you know. Yeah. And if I don't feel like going, I don't go. So I do it because I want to and not because I want to be thin or I want toned arms mm-hmm. or... You know, I want to look like the kind of person that runs. And when I actually did the marathon, I did it with um, my brother John's girlfriend, Rose, who's just lovely. She decided to do it with me and she's, she did no training either. And we just <laughs> laughed our way around the course for 13 God, miles. Amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. We ran about five miles of it somehow. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was amazing. Um, because... I saw that you had signed up for it, mm. and I did a half marathon in 2012. Yeah. And I would say, I think it's very safe to say I became a running bore for a good year before that. I started running, 
and I would run every morning. It was probably wow. like six, seven times a week I would do 6K. And then I did the half marathon and I became a running ball. And I remember saying just before the marathon, just for your marathon, mm. saying to in all likelihood, Nadine Baggett. Fair play to Chappers, because she's not become a running bore. And I was a real, like, all I could talk about was my running, my training. And she was like, yeah, no, she hasn't actually. That's because I never ran. I was in complete (laughs) denial about the fact that I'd signed up for it. Complete denial. I didn't even start raising money until the week before, Mm. because I was so like, uh, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening, and maybe it won't happen. But what was it that actually made you do it? Because honestly, that morning, if I hadn't, if I'd only just told people about it, I think I might have piked out. I think I might have just been like, nah, nah, fuck it. What made me sign up for it or what made me run it? What made you actually get up that morning and go, do you know what, let's just see what happens? Because my family are idiots and (laughs) I stupidly convinced them to do it with me. Ah. So my mum agreed to it and Ian agreed to it. Nick agreed to it, but then she tore her ACL so she managed to get out of it. Um, I would have taken a like a torn ACL. I mean, if I'd have torn my ACL skiing, I would have been like, brilliant, don't have to do them. And I'm not even joking. Mm. It would have been the perfect out for me, but there wasn't an out. So, and because I'd agreed to do it for Macmillan, I felt a sense of responsibility. Yeah. And also, you know, Brian, Brian was in agony for six months with cancer. I only have to run 13 miles. Mm. That's it. And that's what made me do it. Yeah. It was like, come on, get a grip. Mm. If I'm honest, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't train. Does that mean that you're going to do it again next year? Absolutely, I'm going to do it again. I'm absolutely doing it again. I don't know that I'll train. <laughs> I'm telling myself I'm going to train, but I don't want to put that pressure on myself anymore. I'm trying not. I'm trying this thing where I don't put pressure on myself. I think that's the most important thing that I definitely, have, since being in therapy, yeah. is, right, how do you feel today, Emma? I'm not feeling that great. That's fine. In which case, go easy, be kind yeah. to yourself. Whereas in the past, it'd be like, you're not feeling great. You're not going to achieve that today. Mm-hmm. You can't go to the gym. Therefore, you're a loser. Yeah. And that was my internal. It's true. Someone dialogue. did a, I did a podcast the other week and someone said to me, and they always end podcasts with this question. So what's next for you? And I said, <laughs> and I said, do you know what? I don't know what's next for me. I'll tell you what I know it is next for me. And what is next for me is just being happy where I am, Mm. not moving towards the next thing. Because actually moving towards the next thing, while it's got us into this great position where where we are now, Mm. um, it also got me into a situation with depression. Mm. Because if you're not able to live in the moment and you're constantly thinking about, I'll be happy when I get there, I'll be happy Mm. when I have this, I'll be happy when... You never are happy when Mm. you get those things. You have to be happy now. Mm. I have to be happy in this room when I'm talking to you doing this podcast. If I agree to do it, it's because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing that I'm doing now. I've lessened my workload by agreeing to only do things that I want to do with people that I like and enjoy spending time with. Mm-hmm. That's really important. That's number one. And, you know, just just chilling out, spending time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like Sundays, we go for a roast over the road. Really simple stuff. Mm-hmm. But actually being able to for the three of us to just go over the pub, take a book each, sit there in silence reading books and eating food mm. is is a luxury because I wasn't able to enjoy those moments mm-hmm. before. I didn't feel anything. And, I, and that people probably think I'm some kind of monster to say that, but that's the truth. I just, every single second of my life, I didn't want to be. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be somewhere else. And so if, if that option, and that's why I said, did I think about suicide? No, I didn't think about suicide, but I wouldn't have cared mm. if I wasn't here. And I know that's so selfish, but it just is the situation with depression. Totally. It takes you to some fucked up dark places. It really does. It really absolutely does. It took me all sorts of places. You're right. Yeah, you could see I was about to cry. It's just yeah. because I was... Um, uh, I did some filming the other day and they asked me, the, the, exactly, uh, not what's next, they asked me, where are you happiest? Yeah. And I said, right here, right now, and I've worked fucking hard to be able to say that. You have to be. Mm. You, it's, it's, it's like someone said to me uh, recently that he'd had a conversation with someone and, and they'd given him one of the best bits of wisdom and he told me what it was. And that was that uh, what's the most important moment of your life? Right now. Yeah. Right now, this second is the most important moment of my life. Mm. Not like, you know, when I passed my driving test or when I had my kids. They were great moments, mm. brilliant moments. But right now, just being alive, being in this moment and being able to feel this moment mm. when you haven't been connected to it, you value it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You just stop being numb. Yeah. And it makes you... I'm curious as to whether... I think we might have already covered this off. It just makes you make different decisions as well as with work. But also, do you feel as though it has altered your relationships, family relationships, friendships for the positive? Yeah. Because what I have noticed is that I'm different fundamentally. Like that Mm. software update, I'm different. And the people around me have had to adapt. And quite a few people are no longer in my life. Yeah. But it feels like I'm drawing amazing people who I'm really really happy to have in my life absolutely I've learned a lot I've worked I'm working on a lot of new exciting relationships and friendships Mm. um with a lot of great women to be honest Mm -hmm. because I don't know obviously it goes back to all these issues I had with men but all of my friends for years and years and years were men Mm. and that didn't necessarily work out so well you know so last year I've kept a few, but I've had a little bit of a clear out and I've let some of them go. Mm. You know, that that it just wasn't necessarily the best thing for me anymore. Um, and I suppose when I was younger, I, did, I didn't really feel like I got on that well with girls. But I love women. Mm. I love their company. Some women, I just, you know, I went out for dinner with a friend of mine, Lauren, and a new girl, I'd met her that night, Hannah, and we laughed 
until we cry right now to be able to laugh until you cry is something that you don't get when you have depression yeah and in that moment and maybe that was in the first week that I started to feel like I've turned Mm. a corner here Mm. this is massive um in that moment I was just like I love women I love female company Mm. and these are things these are relationships that I have to work on more because Mm. I've definitely um not seen the value in it in the past you know what baggers always says she says you want to be the girl in the old people's home who's at the back of the like rec room with a gaggle of women having a giggle absolutely (laughs) yeah she's absolutely right um so you know that that's great i definitely Mm. have um i definitely have lost some friends not over the depression but just over i've just let them go because maybe Mm. i didn't feel the support or Maybe they just didn't understand it or whatever. But some people were absolutely brilliant. Some people were better than I thought they would be. My family were amazing. Mm. Yeah. And I think the important thing as well is it sounds mean to say I had to let people go or that friendship ended. But actually when it's self-preservation, it's that thing of putting yourself first and going, but if I kept that friendship in my life, I might not be as happy or... I think that's true, but I think, let's be completely honest, I don't think any of those people that I've let go give a damn or have even noticed that I've let them go. Because the only reason those relationships continued for so long was because I put the effort in. Right. They didn't. And so therefore, it wasn't that hard. Mm. You know, at some point you have to look at, you know, is this being reciprocated? Is this... And and it definitely wasn't. And there wasn't any push-pull when you just phased, pulled away? No. No, I probably will hear from them in like six, ten months when they notice that I'm not around anymore. (laughs) But I don't think, maybe not. Maybe if I never put in the effort, they wouldn't. Mm. And it could have ended a lot longer, lots um, earlier. Do you ever feel that you almost, not have to put out a statement, because obviously you did your Mm. video, but do you ever feel when you do see somebody after a little while, you have to, because this is the dilemma I'm having. Yeah. I'm asking you as a fellow depressive Um, I sometimes feel like I almost have to say, you know those two years when you couldn't really get hold of me and I was a bit... Yeah. It's because this was going on. Mm-hmm. I know you've done the video, it's a slightly different situation, but have you ever felt that you need to justify any of it? Or do you just one-on-one? Um, no, I think all my friends that are close have known me for such a long time mm. and I've always been like that to some degree. Mm. So I think they get it. Yeah, I don't feel... St- feel like I have to tell anyone anything no I'm definitely one of those people that um this is how it is mm. that's how it was I'm not gonna apologize it just is my friend Tim rang me the other day and I saw his name flash up on my phone and it was Father's Day and I felt a bit sad and I thought do you know what if I pick up this phone call I'm just gonna pretend to be happy mm-hmm. so I'm just not gonna I didn't answer the phone and then I just forgot to call him back. And then yesterday he called me. He's like, I called you. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I told him, actually, I said, you know, I just didn't feel like talking to him. I had a bad day, didn't feel like talking. And that was that. Mm. So that's as much as I explain myself, really. Right. And because they all know, because now that I know, it's important they all know, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, fair enough. And they also know not to say, oh, well, if you ever feel a bit like that, why don't you... Uh, why don't you call me and I'll come round? Because that's literally the last thing I want. Please don't come round. I don't want to have to make. I don't want to have to make conversation mm. and entertain you. 
because that's even though I'm not mm -hmm. that's how you feel when you're a depressed yeah. person you feel like you're having to put on that kind of front it's a lot of effort to be a really shit version of yourself absolutely yeah yeah I 100% agree um the thing I was curious about then with other people is you said in your video about things not to say to people who are depressed. Yeah. And I thought that was such a valuable addition to that video, mm. um, which is why I asked you the question when Dom said, I think you might, I don't know, again, don't know his words, mm. but I think you might be depressed. I'm booking you an appointment. He didn't actually say the word depressed. I know uh, that. Okay. He said, I think you should see someone about that. I'd obviously said something that he felt that he could you know, shoehorn that in. Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes people can say things and it's really clunky. Mm -hmm. And so he obviously did it in a really good way. Yeah. But you also said, don't tell people to cheer up. Don't tell people to cheer up. Don't tell people, oh, you know, you've got two kids, you should be happy. Uh, you know, don't tell people that they've got a nice house, mm -hmm. you know, these are not things that make you happy at yeah. all. Uh, other things are, uh, go to the gym. Yeah. If I, <laughs> that, do you, that's one that people say all the time. Yeah, yeah. Go to the gym. It's really good for your mental uh, health, you know, mental health, blah, blah, blah. Do you I don't want to go to the gym. Do you know how hard it is for me to leave the house, let mm. alone get my gym kit and, and go to the gym. I don't want to do that. It's very hard when you're depressed mm. to make yourself do things you don't want to do. The gym thing comes into play once you've clawed your way out of it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree. I just retweeted this morning, Joe Rogan, huge podcaster mm. in the States, had a guy called Ari Shafir on and he was talking about his depression and he's... And, I've often, I like Joe Rogan, but he often says, you know, if you're depressed, go for a hike, go for a run. And it's like, you don't realize I'm carrying two metric tons of emotional weight Absolutely. on my shoulders. I can't even stand up straight. And Ari Schaffer actually said, I think that's how you say his name, said, it used to really piss me off when you said that. Yeah. I couldn't even walk to the bathroom without getting no. exhausted. No. Let alone go to the gym. Um, the other one is like, um, it's no wonder you're depressed. You know, you haven't, you haven't, changed your clothes for a few days it's no wonder you're depressed you haven't opened your curtains it's no wonder you're depressed because you're doing such and such in your life mm. yeah that's not helping mm -mm. if what what was the thing that would what's the thing that you do think is a good thing to say um i don't know that saying things is necessarily the best thing mm -hmm. to say i think that showing support is very helpful mm -hmm. sometimes and even though we might not like it, it's good to just show up at mm -hmm. someone's house if you haven't seen them for a while and just check in. Yeah. The depressed person will not like that, but it does show that somebody gives a damn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think it's about what you say. There's been a lot on social media recently as well about all of these things because there have been two very high-profile deaths with Anthony Bourdain and, and Kate Spade. And I've seen lots of people uh, post that... Um, not meme isn't the right word, but the quote that says, check on your strongest friend. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, as you said, to all intents and purposes, you look like you're living the best Absolutely. life. And yet there was something going on beneath the surface. And it took someone close to you to say... The saddest thing is you know you should be happy. You mm -hmm. feel so guilty that you're not. Mm -hmm. Because you have all this stuff. You've worked so hard for all this stuff. You thought you'd be happy when you had it all, but you're mm -hmm. not. Why aren't you? What's wrong with me? And then what's it like when you go to a launch, like 
because I've been to your launches and mm-hmm. there's like a queue of people who want to meet you. And that is, let's just call it what it is. It's like adoration and respect and all of like the good words. Yeah. And yet, was it just that your body was almost like naturally just put a force field up against it and just like, I don't believe it or I can't accept it or... I mean, at those events, I just get, I just go into a different me. Yeah, yeah. It's not me. Mm. Um, I find those very hard mm. to do because I don't always have things to say. And I sort of rely on Nick a bit. And when people tend to meet us quite frequently, they just go quiet. So we have to fill the voids. And I'm not great at that. I'm not that's a hard. small talk person at all. Mm. I'm the person that's going to be at the end of the table talking about relationships and yeah. deeper stuff. That's my big thing. I can't do small talk. I, I find it unbelievably draining. I do too. I'm rubbish at it as well. Nick is amazing at it. <laughs> She's just amazing at it. And that's why we're such a good team. Yeah. I can do the heavier stuff mm-hmm. as can she but but she's just she will nail it when it comes to just talking crap for mm. hours and hours and hours like brilliant it's a skill oh it an really unbelievable is. skill that i do not possess nor do i want to possess it no although it would have been useful over <laughs> the years um no I, I i just can't do it you talk about having had sleep paralysis i wonder yes. in the run-up to the diagnosis mm-hmm. of depression whether you had any sleep issues with things like insomnia yeah or the i like. had insomnia how did it manifest was it the two o'clock every night without four, fail 4 a.m every single morning mm-hmm. uh so frustrating it's i had no idea worst. that was connected to depression no. until the doctor told me but yeah and i haven't had sleep paralysis since hmm, my early 30s i would say that's the worst. Oh, that's about 10 years ago. Oh, that's the worst. But did you know that once you know what sleep paralysis is, it's not the same? It doesn't... Once you know what it is, mm. because your mind is awake but your body's asleep, mm-hmm. you can tell yourself it's sleep paralysis. Yeah. And then you can snap yourself out of it, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But when I was a kid, because I used to get it from... I can remember getting it at seven. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's I can remember. Terrifying. Um, and I got it weekly, but I never told anyone. I just oh my god! I thought I was possessed. I thought there was witches in my rooms or a demon that lived in my room. Sometimes I'd think we were being burgled. Um, yeah, because sleep paralysis for anyone who's listening who's not sure, it's where your brain wakes up and is working mm. perfectly as if you were, as if it was daytime, but your body you is can't move, paralyzed. Yeah, you can't move, and often you feel pressure on your chest, mm-hmm. like there's a little um, like there's a presence in the room yeah. or there's someone sitting on your chest putting pressure on you you're normally laying on your back when it happened mm-hmm. um, there's a yeah. very famous painting of somebody in bed with the gar- is, thing, is it gargoyle is, or is something is that succubus or probably so, yes yeah but yes yeah, that is someone's chest. totally sleep paralysis and yeah I, I had it I've had it a few times and it is absolutely terrifying because with me it's like the thing is getting closer and there's nothing I can do and I try to shout and my mouth is moving a bit Mm. and I'm like intense anxiety dreams those are Mm. are you is is anxiety manifesting itself I get no anxiety anymore Sertraline I love you (laughs) I'm not I'm not recommending drugs to people but god it's changed my life I get no anxiety nothing Mm. and I'm one of those people (laughs) that has to test the boundaries and because I knew that (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible for this I know what you're going to say now because I know that coffee was one of my triggers I I'm I've actively tried to drink as many coffees as I can in a day to see when my anxiety kicks in so that I've got a measure of it 
well, I've done five and I don't get any... Not I'm not doing five a day. I mean, I've done five right. to see. I couldn't drink more than five in a day anyway, but um, That's yeah. You, your wee smells like sugar puffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do love coffee, but yeah, no anxiety. How amazing is that? that because it is be an anti-anxiety drug. That must be really freeing. It's amazing. Because we've talked, we've talked about this offline and mm. the fact that I have no issue with taking antidepressants. Yeah. But I felt like my depression was caused by making bad life decisions. Yeah. So if I started making good life decisions, then I would... That was my rationale in mm-hmm. my head. Um, but you have to be in the headspace to make good decisions. It's not that easy. Yeah, so it's been slow and it's not linear. And yeah. That's the thing. It, but is it linear with the sertraline? I find it. Do you still have... Are there any bad days when you're just like, actually, I can feel a bit of a... Not many. Mm. Uh, I had one on Father's Day, but that, that was to be expected. Yeah. Mm, not many. And even not if really. you did, I guess you've got the coping mechanism. Absolutely. I, I'm in such a good position to make good decisions now, whereas I certainly wasn't before. It's so, That's what I mean about depression being the thing that actually helps you, mm-hmm. the diagnosis, yeah. helping you live your best life from that point forward. For sure. But I, I've always been so destructive of my own happiness, of my own life. And I wonder if I was destructive because I wanted to destroy myself. Because for a while, I wanted to disappear. Just disappear. Mm. Um, And I've always been one of those people that's like, I am going to disappear. I'm just going to go to a hotel and just no one will know where I am for for a night or two. But that kind of destructive behaviour, I don't really have any ambition to continue it anymore. Mm. And I wonder if that's depression. I think so. And I, rem- and I don't want to bring everything back to RuPaul, mm. but unfortunately it's very <laughs> pertinent in this instance. So when I was shutting myself off from the world, I can hide a lot more easily than you because you have close family yeah. who live yeah. very near you. I don't. Mm-hmm. So I would tell my friends I was with my family and my family I was with my friends and I'd be by Smart. myself and isolate myself. And I was listening to RuPaul and Michelle Visage one day and RuPaul was talking about the internal saboteur yeah. I was listening to this podcast and I was like, it's Rue, it's fantastic. And then he said, what the internal saboteur wants is to get you alone so it can kill you. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd been alone for like three weeks on the trot, like not hadn't spoken to anyone apart from post office workers and baristas. Yeah. And it was the thing that made me go, holy shit, mm. the, the saboteur is winning. I don't know what I thought I was going to do when I disappeared, mm. but I just wanted to disappear Mm. weird isn't it no but I get it it's almost like you want to break from your life yeah even though you don't hate your life no not at all but I had my kids quite young Mm. so I think that maybe I felt like I'd missed out on something Mm. I hadn't I was I had a completely misspent childhood youth you know Mm. so I definitely didn't miss out on anything but maybe that's just the selfishness that you have when you're in your early to late 20s that, well, certainly I had, mm. um, where, I, yeah, I just probably wasn't ready to have kids. But thank God I had them. Mm. I love my girls so much, and they're so brilliant. Your live the other day when you, I think it was Sunday morning, yeah. you were doing your makeup, and was it Lily? No, Lily's the old eldest. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie was doing spins in the kitchen and it was oh, so could you see adorable. It? She's into dancing at the moment. It's the most amazing thing. It was so cute. I was like, I can't look away now. It's, Screw the makeup. She's, she's, the she's so brilliant. 
um, I really, she really, really loves dancing, but she does, she doesn't think that she doesn't want a teacher. She doesn't want to go to dance classes because mm. they always make her do stuff she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to. She only wants to dance in her way. She's really into these shows like Dance Mums or The Next Step or whatever. Oh, amazing! Like absolutely loves them. So she she likes that kind of really emotive dancing, yeah. and she's great at it. But last night she was doing it. Mum, mum, watch me. Brilliant, <laughs> love it that she lets me watch her. And then she then she really hurt her knee. And I said, darling, this is why you need a teacher mm-hmm. because they will help you warm up and help you do all this stuff. You know, get it right. You don't think that. You know, you don't think that I got good at makeup without someone teaching me mm-hmm. or that daddy got good at graphic design without a teacher. Yeah. And, and yeah, she got upset because she thought I was saying she was a terrible dancer, which of course I wasn't. Oh, no. But it's, a, you know, she's just a sensitive age, really. But How she's old great. Is she now? Nine. So is it recently that she started letting you watch? Because the kids yes. go through a phase yes. where they're like. Yes, only, only last week that she started letting me watch dance. So cute. It's adorable. Do you have they said anything to you, articulated anything to you, like since you've been on the search lane, just to sort of? Yes. Yeah. My kids have said. Um, they've said as much, you know, mm. uh, because I've been very honest with them. I've told yeah. them the situation. I told them that I found out I had depression. I told them that I was taking tablets for it, mm. and you know, both of them have said, "Oh, you've been great. You've been so much better since you've been on tablets. You seem much happier," oh, which is lovely. really lovely. That's yeah. really lovely. I asked Nick this, and I'm just curious. Mm. You did, she did her video on MS yeah. a year ago, actually, mm-hmm. this week, I think. And you did your video on depression. Yeah. Now, one is very physical mm-hmm. and one is mental. Yeah. And I wondered if you noticed a difference in how they were received. Um, because of the stigma. I think they were both, both received very well. Mm-hmm. But I think depression is much more common than MS. So mm-hmm. perhaps... Um, I think more people, definitely more people watched Nick's, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how many of those people related to it in a way that they understood what was going on or they were just watching it because Mm. it was very dramatic, which it it Mm. was, and heartbreaking. I still haven't been able to watch the whole video. Yeah. Um, Especially, you know, with depression. At the time, I was like, I just can't even put myself into this... Mm emotional space um but yeah so I think that I think Nick's video probably helped a lot more people because an awful lot of people who would have MS or have a disease similar to MS would have watched that and Mm -hmm. gone oh my god that's someone that I can relate to that I know that has something and is living Mm. with it and living with it fine and has done for five years Mm. whereas depression a lot of people have it and a lot of people still think it isn't a thing yes it's just a you know just you know pop your lipstick on and out you go go and get some daylight I know go and get some color in your cheeks no please leave me you know yeah absolutely you've just put yourself on my shit list immediately mine was my one where I was like this is the end of this I can't be around this energy mm. was when somebody said, you just see everything is black. Oh, brilliant. Like, right. Okay. Great. But you know, they don't get it. And <laughs> no. this is the thing. I don't expect everyone to get it. And mm. I, and I think you're very lucky if you, if you've experienced life without having, you know, experienced any depression or any mm. anxiety. And therefore I don't blame you for not getting it. 
Because, but um, there's a report saying that most people, particularly in the modern way mm. that we live with social media, etc., mm-hmm. will have between three and five depressive episodes. Now, they might be mild, sure. they might be severe, but in, today, in, in this day and age, we will all experience some sort of what is classified as depression. Yeah. So for me, having these conversations is really important and people being open about it is really vital. Absolutely. And I think that, there was, that a lot of people have responded to me with that Mm -hmm. you know thank you so much for talking about it because a lot of people are just embarrassed to talk about it Mm. because it just doesn't feel like it's a thing Mm. but it is a thing and I know it's a thing because I'm so much better now (laughs) than I was last year yeah when I honestly I class myself as having been ill yeah which I wouldn't have done before Mm. but now I can I can see I was really ill last year and I'm not now what I've noticed about you and Sam as well is that you're Sam you and Nick you get that all the time don't you so used to it People are even commenting on Nick's um, inst- my Instagram with Nick's post the other day saying, I've got so much respect for Sam doing that. And I was like, that's really odd. And then I've just yeah. done it. No, it's, it's totally normal. Um, the thing I've noticed about you both is that shit happens. Yeah. And you deal with it. And then you are pragmatic about it. Yeah. And you don't, you don't wallow. There's no... You go, I was ill last year. I can see that now. Whereas I still, as you've seen during this chat, still get a bit misty-eyed because when I think about how depressed I was and how alone I felt, that makes me feel sad that that is an experience that I have that I can remember. Mm. So I think I'm trying to follow your example of it happened, you're doing all the right things to get over it, just move on. Yeah. Oh, I suppose it's just... Nick and I and our whole family really have quite a high threshold of, of... what is kind of a big deal Mm -hmm. because we experienced so many quite frightening things when we were growing up Mm. uh some things don't feel like such a big deal anymore you just get on with it we had to get on with far worse so it's pretty easy for us to just go oh well but that's why i think it's really valuable that you've spoken about things like this because Mm. you're the way that you deal with things is actually if i'm looking at you listening to you and thinking Actually, yeah, it did happen. It wasn't great, but maybe don't linger on it too much. Don't d- dwell on it. It did happen. It wasn't great. But the important thing is that I'm moving away from it now. Mm-hmm. If I was still in the same situation, I don't think that I would be as good. Yeah. But I'm not. As soon as I realised that there was a problem, thank you, Dom, for pointing it out. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I realised there was a problem, I started to work on my behaviour to lessen the problem. Mm-hmm. And... And taking the antidepressants also helped with that. Mm. Do you ever worry about relapsing or it coming back? Or do you think, no, because no. I think I'll be able to know those signs now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, once you've experienced it, you know what it is, right? Yeah. And so that's when you're like, mm. I'm not sleeping. Therefore, I'll take magnesium. Yeah, I'll do yoga sure. before bed. I will start meditating. Mm-hmm. You do all the things. Did you do any of that stuff? Like, did you do any of the meditating? Or I tried. <laughs> and I actually got not too bad at it. But... Um, it got it bored me a bit mm. after a while and then I stopped because I can only really do things that make me happy it didn't make me yeah. happy it just bored me I would like to be the person that wakes up in the morning and 
makes a green juice and meditates, but that isn't me. But meditating <laughs> is anything where you can turn your brain off for a period of time. So that could be just laying in the bath, not mm. thinking about anything. All you have to yeah. do is master the skill of actually being able to not think about anything else than being exactly. in the moment you're in. Mm. You don't have to sit there and listen to like Kumbaya or whatever. You don't have to, mm. you don't have to sit in a yoga pose and you don't have to do yoga. All you have to do is be in the moment mm. and not think about work or anything else other than the moment you're in and the body you're in yeah and if you can do that you're meditating because there is also the saying don't believe everything you think yeah and if one is an overthinker Mm -hmm. that can really make it hard to cut to shut your mind off Mm -hmm. because your mind wants to go and what about this scenario and what about this and what about this and this person probably thinks this of you and remember that party that you went to where this i have this on-running joke with um it's not even a joke because with georgie dawson yeah where we talk about having um, post-party paranoia. Do you get beer tears? This is something that I have noticed. The link between alcohol and depression is quite, quite strong. Oh, uh, it's a depressant. Very much so. The day after I've been drinking, if mm-hmm. I have a few drinks, I absolutely know I'm not going to feel very good mentally. I absolutely know it. I prepare yeah. myself for it. And I have to say to myself, is it worth mm. tomorrow? Yeah, and I'm not talking about being sick or having hangovers no, or anything no, no, like no. that. This is something else. Mm. It's just a deep wallowing sadness that you're definitely going to get, or I do anyway. A hundred percent, and that's why I did it for 26 habits because actually, yeah. I I realised I had, even though I don't think I drink to excess regularly mm-hmm. or anything like that, I do think that there are times when I drink and it's I'm doing it for the wrong reason like I had dinner with Bagger on Monday night yeah and I'd um it was my last day at this job and I was like yeah we need to celebrate we need to celebrate and I said oh I'll get a cocktail when we get there and when the cock when they handed me the cocktail list it there there was like some sort of pina so you got a thing. bottle of something didn't you no I went actually I don't really want I don't really like the look of any of those and then our food came and she said, are you going to get a cocktail? And I said, actually, I don't really fancy it. And she said, but you wanted one because you thought you needed one because you needed to yeah. celebrate. That's why it's great going out with Bagger. But I know. She's so analytical. <laughs> so, an- Dr. Bagger. She is. Dr. Bagger's. If she had a prescription pad, I would let her look after me. <laughs> She'd see me, right? Thyroid tested. Absolutely. Happy on everything. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Sam, thank you for talking so freely and openly. Any time. Maybe next year I can have another illness and I can come back and talk. I feel like all I do is bang on about being ill. No, no. You'll come back and we'll talk about, like, being a business owner and, like, taking over the world. Yes, that's also also part of your story. Well, that is part of my story, but I'm planning on doing less of that next year and more hanging out with my kids, being a mum and enjoying life and you know looking at the beauty in things rather than pushing for world domination because actually I don't think world domination is going to make me happy babes I'll be honest isn't that a brilliant thing to know so at least you can come down to the thing that not come down but you can now go well what will well, well, hanging oh, out with my kids absolutely there we well there you go I mean if I hadn't known I had depression I wouldn't have got to this point so it's actually a good thing. It's totally, totally a good thing. Thank you again. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode and you would like to leave a review for it on Apple Podcasts, I think both Sam and I would like you to leave five stars. I, we would, <laughs> but we'll also be absolutely amazed because I'm not convinced that any of my answers have been at all cohesive <laughs> in this whole thing. So um, I, hope, I hope that you've enjoyed it and please do leave five stars. I think you underestimate yourself. Yeah. Until the next time, <laughs> Sam Chapman. 
Bye, Emma. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that episode helpful. If you would like to speak to me, you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can always DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you would like to chat to me and thousands of other listeners of this podcast, then all you have to do is go to the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode and click the link to join the Facebook forum. You have to answer a couple of questions and agree to the forum rules, but then you will be welcomed in with open arms and I would love to see you there. Also, if you have a moment and you're feeling particularly festive, please, it would be so um, wonderful if you wouldn't mind taking the time to leave a five star review for me over on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you are listening to this. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.